Welcome to the Picture of Wealth, or TPOW as we call it. I am your host, Dustin Service. Listener, this is your trusted host, Dustin Service. I'm going to be reading a book that I wrote for the next few weeks, each chapter, each episode. Enjoy. Chapter 6, Big Fish. June 12th, 2019, early morning permission peak lodge. The next morning, Theo emerged from his room to the aroma of strong coffee. Following his nose, he came into the kitchen and found Mans at an expensive-looking gas stove boiling coffee in an old-style percolator. He was again in cargo pants and a company shirt, which appeared to be his uniform. His long white hair was combed and tied neatly, and his beard was trimmed. He was a picture of self-assured wellness. Clearly, life at the lodge agreed with him. Again, Theo wondered what his story was. Coffee, the caretaker said, and set a steaming ceramic mug down in front of Theo on the kitchen island. After a moment, he poured himself a cup and joined There was real cream and honey for the coffee. A pot of oatmeal was bubbling on the stove and a fresh morning breeze drifted through the wide open windows. It was a cozy, comforting scene. Theo sipped his coffee. It was delicious. For a moment, before asking, What brought you up here, anyway, Mans? Mans smiled and stroked his beard. An obvious years-long habit. Well, that's a bit of a story, Theo. I came to Canada from Iceland back in the 70s. A very young, ambitious man. I was obsessed with the promise and industry of this country. I started a paving and gravel company and hit the ground running. I did very well. It wasn't a national company, but I expanded until I was the main provider of stone for the whole province. Theo stopped him. Wait a minute. Johnson Aggregate? That was your company? He could remember seeing trucks on the road back when he was a kid. Lots of them. Man smiled. I had locations in Vancouver, Kamloops, and Prince George. I made a lot of money and just kept going. I had family, a nice house. I did all the things I was supposed to do. But after 25 years in the business, I looked around and realized that I was miserable. I was still working long hours, missing out on my kid's life, and I barely knew my wife. Also, I was sick. I'd already had two ulcers. Theo swallowed and set down his coffee. Thinking about the recent heart palpitations and anxiety he'd been meaning to talk to the doctor about. This sounds familiar. He said, Mans continued, everything really started to sink in when I watched a close friend of mine die before 60, then a business associate. I got scared and started to question what we were all working so hard for and if maybe there was another way to live. That's when I stumbled across this place. When a client was talking about selling his family hunting cabin on a whim, I bought it. I needed some sort of change and remembered how much I'd loved nature when I was a kid in Iceland. Wait, you own this place? Theo slapped his forehead. Mans laughed. Look, I know I don't look the part, but is it that bad? Theo stammered an apology, but Mans reassured him. I'm kidding. Don't worry. I know I don't give off the luxury lodge owner vibe. You should see my clients' faces sometimes. He laughed, but then got serious again. Listen, Theo, you would not believe the conversations I have with people up here at the lodge. These really successful people at the top of their game who seem to be completely missing the point of their lives. 
Just last week, a woman said she'd just bought a $4 million yacht so she could spend more time with her grown kids because she hadn't been there enough when they were young. But she was up here with her colleagues, and she'd already told me it was her only trip that year because she was so busy with her firm. Mans lowered his voice because the other guests were starting to trickle into the living room and looking for breakfast. Orson was now boisterously holding court at the table as he served coffee and brought out pastries. Between you and me, Theo, Mans leaned in confidentially, sometimes I feel like telling these people that being busy is not a status symbol anymore. We've evolved since the 80s. Tell me you've figured out how to be there for your family and still run a successful business. That, to me, is status. Oh boy, Theo said, busted. I'm spending a week off up here in the mountains by myself chasing a status win while my wife is at home with the kids. I won't be able to take time off again for the rest of the year after this. He suddenly felt really, really guilty. Man stood up. Why don't you ask her to come up here? If she could be at the chopper port by four tomorrow, she could catch the last flight of the day coming up with supplies and spend your last night here with you. Theo hesitated. Oh, thanks, Mans, but we really can't afford to... Mans cut him off. Don't worry about it. The chopper's coming anyway, and your room's already paid for. I'm sure your wife isn't a big enough eater to put us that far back into groceries. He chuckled and slapped Theo's shoulder. Come into the office and use the sat phone. Theo relented and nervously followed Mans into the office and picked up the phone. Five minutes later, after a rather tense conversation with Ashley, he hung up and swallowed, feeling excited and also nervous. He'd convinced her, somehow, to leave the kids with his parents and come up. It meant a missed soccer practice and piano lesson that had already been paid for, Ashley was sure to point out, but something in his voice must have told her to put her pride and kids aside and focus on the two of them just for one day. Asterix. A few hours later, after he'd cased out the lake and fishing areas for the ideal angles for the best shots, Theo was on the deck with a beer and his notebook when Roy and his friends arrived. Even from outside, he could hear the loud voices that seemed to be jockeying with each other to be heard. Stealing himself to be plunged into the midst of a group of confident alpha males on holiday, Theo walked into the lodge to meet the man he hoped would finally be his winning ticket to the ultimate picture of wealth. He quickly identified Roy as the leader of the group. He was a heavy-set man in his 60s, very pale, with thinning red hair oiled and brushed back from his forehead. Theo figured he would have a strong handshake, but when the man shook his hand in greeting, he was surprised to find it limp and lacking energy. How was the trip up? Theo asked. Well, it would have been nice to have a fucking cocktail in the chopper and a hot flight attendant to serve it, Roy goffed. But all in all, we're here and we're going to catch some big-ass mountain trout, aren't we, boys? The others cheered in agreement, laughing and slapping the others back. The smell of booze hovered around them like a haze. They must have been drinking on the car ride up from the Vancouver airport. Well, you sure have a great chance of snagging some excellent fish out here, Theo said a little awkwardly. I've heard there's some great fishing in Alberta, though. I'm going to change my clothes, Roy announced, ignoring Theo's comment. While the men checked into their rooms and got themselves situated, Theo took the time to check his gear, was fully charged and in good working order. He caught up with Roy's two mates, Bill and John, out on the deck, where they were enjoying the lake view for the first time, each already with a cigar and beer in hand. They clearly knew exactly how they liked to unwind. Roy's excited to have you along and take some pictures, Bill said. This is for that contest or something, right? You better get some good shots of us catching the biggest fish this lodge has ever seen. The older men clinked their bottles together. Bill was wearing a Ducks Unlimited ball hat that looked like the tag had just been cut off. 
He had scruff on his chin and was very pale. He clearly didn't get outside much. He looked to be about 70, but Theo was sure he was younger than that. Orson had now come out to the deck to meet the group and announced that dinner would be served shortly. Theo was struck by the difference between this man at the prime of his health, thriving and living close to nature, and these older men of industry who just seemed unwell. His earlier conversation with Mans drifted through his mind. Hey Orson, Bill called out. What's the biggest fish anyone here has ever caught? Dinner consisted of sublime Kobe steak. The men didn't hesitate to laminate that it wasn't Alberta beef, the fire-roasted vegetables, and several other courses. Orson's service of these men was impeccable, and everything was elegant and perfectly executed. Theo started to understand the high price tag of a holiday here. After dinner, of course, the scotch started to flow. As the evening went on, the stories got taller and more grandiose, but then shifted to how miserable the three new guests were in their marriages. Roy had just divorced the pretty wife Theo had read about in the articles. She had been his second wife, and now he was a bachelor again at 65. He didn't seem happy about it at all. From what Theo could gather, he was spending a fortune on lawyer fees. Theo tried to contribute to the conversation, but he couldn't relate. He just didn't feel he was on the same level. I need to get rested up, so I do you guys justice tomorrow, he said, saluting as he got up and took his leave. I hear you, brother, Bill said. I sure as hell need this trip. I haven't taken a single day off in eight months. Oh, really, Theo said, turning back. What's got you so busy? One last push before I retire, Bill said. I'm aiming for ten more stores before I sell out. That's in five years. He raised his glass and others toasted him. Theo, considerably more sober than the others, but still with a couple of scotches under his belt, couldn't stop himself from blurting, Really? Why? Bill looked defensive, reminding Theo of his conversation with his dad a couple weeks earlier. I just told you, ten more stores in five years. That'll make forty in total. Seems like enough to retire on. My accountants think so. Anyway, he laughed and the others joined him. But don't you think you have enough now? For some reason, Theo was feeling reckless and stood his ground. His head was full of all the thoughts he'd been having since arrived at the lodge. And when else would he be able to grill someone like Bill about wealth? There was an awkward silence. Then John said, Bill has over a thousand employees and a team of full-time accountants right outside his office. He has people to do his thinking for him. Theo got the hint. You have a point there, John. Sorry, Bill. What do I know anyway? I'm just a photographer. He laughed and the others did as well. Luckily, all the booze and food had them in fine spirits. He didn't envy their heads in the morning, though. As he put his key in the door to his room, he noticed a framed photo on the wall that looked like it had been taken in the 80s. It was of a pretty blonde woman in a flowered dress standing on the steps of a large, modern-for-the-era two-story house. Just then, Orson came up the nearby stairs from the cellar, carrying a tray of potatoes to prep for breakfast. Who's that? Theo said, pointing to the photo. Orson glanced at it and said, That's Anna, man's first wife. She came with him from Iceland. First wife? That's right. His second wife, Helena, will be here tomorrow. Maybe you'll meet her before you go. Theo looked closely at the picture of the lone woman. She smiled, but looked sad somehow. What happened to Anna? Orson shrugged. She died. I don't know how. Mans doesn't talk about it much, and I don't ask. Not sure what else to say, Theo changed the subject. Can I ask you something personal? Sure. What is it about this lodge that makes you love it here so much? Orson propped the tray on his side and thought for a moment. 
Well, if I have to think about it, I guess it's because it's always changing. I learned so much up here from the landscape changing with the seasons and the people who come and stay and about myself, my life, the world. That and the thrill of exploration and the odd wolf or cougar encounter just makes this the perfect place for me to live close to my values. It's, or some pause searching for the right word, vibrant here. It's always moving and changing. I never feel static and I get to be outdoors all the time. Be active. For this moment in my life, I'm in the right place. Now get some sleep. Big day tomorrow. He clapped Theo on the shoulder and went whistling towards the kitchen. As he brushed his teeth, Theo thought about what Orson said and being in the right place for his values. He couldn't help but envy the man a little. He wasn't sure he'd ever felt that way, not consciously anyway. He put it out of his mind and went to bed. Ashley would be joining him tomorrow. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed the show, please like and rate the show, share with a friend, or use your new knowledge in your next conversation. If during the show something gave you a pang of inspiration, motivation, or sense of uncertainty, act on it now. Get the clarity you're looking for. Find the permission you seek. Go to servicewealth.com to discover how others are learning how to take Fridays off or buying a recreation property or spending more money. If you're an organizer of an event where you believe my philosophy on finance and lifestyle design would be applicable, go to servicewealth.com and book me as a speaker at your next event. If you want a copy of our new book coming out soon, send me a message on Instagram or Facebook and we will be sure to get you a first copy.